Welcome, everybody. For those of you who are new here, my name is Chloe Balatori. I'm a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's WANT Institute, and I use tools of transactional analysis, I use tools of androgynous semantic realignment, and I use tools I've created myself because I've been doing this for over a decade now. I've worked with thousands of people, I've worked with men, I work with women, I work with couples, I work with teenagers. Um, I do these meetups usually once a week on Thursday nights. I also teach this work in smaller groups a few times a year. Um, and I also give private sessions. So I'm going to put some of that information into the chat now if you guys are interested. And welcome to everybody who is new tonight. It, that's always really exciting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a brief introduction of who I am, what this work is based on, and then I'm going to take your guys' questions, um, which is the bulk of the meetup. Um, so again, I've been doing this work um, for over a decade, and I've written several books on this work, um, which are all available on Amazon. My most recent book is Daddy Issues. Um, and then my first book, How to Live, is really the basics of this work, which is what we're going to cover tonight. When you talk about relationships and you talk about problems in relationships, you're usually talking about childhood trauma because that's where we see our problems in relationships show uh, our problems show up first is in our most intimate relationships. Um, so anything that we have unresolved from childhood usually shows up first in our most intimate relationships. And what happens is these problems tend to throw us out of balance. The most successful relationships are those that are balanced between yin and yang energy. You may have noticed that we live in a universe based in duality, right? We have pain and pleasure. We have night and day. We have um, feminine and masculine. We have yin and yang, which is really a synonym for feminine and masculine. Um, and we have all the gradations in between. And this work really use X, the tools, this work is, are really tools to execute on that existing duality that we find in life, right? Specifically, the yin and yang energies or feminine and masculine energies. Um, if you want to learn more about feminine and masculine, there's a, and yin and yang, there's a great book called The Yin Yang of Life by Dr. Kim and Dr. Lee. And it breaks down everything that we have here on the planet um, between yin and yang, food, wine, um, objects. It's pretty amazing. But I'll give a brief definition of those dynamics here. So in the 1980s, Roger Sperry did a series of in experiments on Newt's brains. And what he discovered ended up being true of human brains as well. And he found that we all have a right hemisphere of our brain 
which is that feminine yin energy. It's passive, patient, vulnerable. It's the seat of instincts. It is magical, spiritual, creative, nonlinear thinking. It's receiving energy, okay? It, yin and right brain activity is very much in the world to make it fun, but not of the world, okay? And then we, all of us have this left or yang brain, which is the seat of thoughts. Yin is feelings, yang is thoughts. So we have competitive, conquering, controlling, giving, nurturing, taking care of, achieving, doing. Yang energy is very much of this world. And most of us are in our yang energy when we're at work because that's all about achieving and doing and thinking. Okay, so when we talk about trans people, I mean, technically all of us are both feminine and masculine. And throughout your life, you may feel more feminine and you may feel more masculine depending on certain hormone drop-offs. It can also depend on circumstances or your environment. Um, but this work is meant to help you find that authentic balance that works for you. When we have childhood trauma, we are often thrown off balance. And this happens between the ages of zero to 12 because we have to sacrifice our authenticity in order to attach to the people who own the refrigerator, right? Human children are very dependent. We're not like other species that, you know, sometimes there's a species that just has a baby and then the baby just like walks off, right? That's not humans. So we do have to do, we do have to sacrifice authenticity sometimes in order to survive. Now, if that happens between the ages of zero to 12 during the critical developmental windows, it has a profound effect on us. That's Freud's work. Freud was wrong about some things and he was right about some other things. And this he was right about. Um, so pretty much by age 12, you're set. And then the rest of your life is getting over that. Now, Freud, in Freud's time, they thought the brain was fixed. Now we know from recent developments in neuroscience that the brain is plastic. So the brain can change. There's a great book called The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Deutsch that really illustrates that um, science if you have a scientific bent and you want to look more into that. Um and so that has been actually a recent innovation during my lifetime. Um, and that was something that Freud was wrong about. But what happens is we form what we think are existential truths based on these experiences we have from the zero to 12, but really they're survival strategies. They're really strategies of the moment to get along again with the people who have the refrigerator. And so we end up taking these strategies into adult life oftentimes. And that's when we get into trouble because we end up recreating the circumstances um, and the patterns that of our childhood that no longer serve us. Often the coping mechanisms that we used in childhood don't serve us when we get into adulthood and specifically into um, our most romantic relationships. An example of that is a lot of times um, in a family in which parents are maybe not functioning as well as they could, 
Um, and the oldest daughter has to take on a lot of the caretaking duties, a lot of the emotional labor of the family that can push her into what's known as ego dystonia. So taking her out of her feminine energy and making, forcing her to cope at an age, which is really too young. And the technical term is precocious relatedness. So she, she's forced to do actions and take on responsibilities that are beyond her years that's when we get um that leads to very masculinized women oftentimes you know the wendy archetype from peter pan and wendy where wendy's kind of the mom figure and is always doing and taking care of things and the you know her counterpart peter pan is the masculine version of what can happen in ego dystonia where a man is not respected or allowed to take on responsibility um, or neglected, even spoiled, you can end up with ego dystonia. And that's the Peter Pan archetype that doesn't want to settle down, that doesn't want to take responsibility, that wants to be a boy all his life, right? And so these strategies don't serve us in our adult relationships. So a lot of the work that I do is helping people bring awareness to the patterns that don't serve them and teach them, guide them how to, how to change those patterns. I guide you, but you do the work. So it's work, you know, it's not called work for no reason. Um, and sometimes when we're making change, even changes for the better, it can be painful. And so I also help people guide people through that because there's the pain of change, meaning that change is taking place. And there's the pain that change needs to take place. And you don't want to get those two confused because if you start making changes for the better and you get into a painful spot and you stop for that reason, then you're just making things worse, right? So part of this work is learning how to push that arrow through and weathering that storm so you can get to the other side where you can be more free from triggers, where you can have access to what you want, where you can become more aware of who you are, what your authentic thoughts and feelings um, are in any given moment. Okay, so that's a brief overview. If you don't understand everything or parts of what I said, that's fine. Um, a lot of it takes repetition. I didn't understand this work when I first learned it, but I had seen an incredible result in my neighbor and I wanted to, um, do whatever she was doing. Cause I saw her completely level up every single thing in her life. Um, and she was, then she started a group with my mentor who, the woman who ended up being my mentor, Dr. Pat Allen. And I started up at that group and then you know, the rest is history. So it was not dissimilar to the group that we're having here tonight. This work really thrives in a group setting because we get to learn from one another and ask questions about one another. And it helps um, accountability because I love to hear your guys' updates. I love to hear not just your questions, but how things are going when you're taking some of these tools out into the world. All of the stuff that I've talked about tonight, about right and left brain, about yin and yang, all this stuff is, um, all this stuff is well-known scholarship, established scholarship. That stuff isn't new, but the tools to execute on the scholarship, to bring yourself into balance, to get actual results, that work is relatively new. And there's not a lot of us doing it. There's me, there's my mentor, Dr. Pat Allen. 
She also mentored Patty Stanger and Marianne Williamson, who are doing a version of this work. Um, but it's pretty new and innovative, and it's very results-oriented. So if you've had an experience with traditional therapy where you've emoted and you've had your feelings reflected back and you've been heard, which is a very helpful um experience to have but you ultimately haven't seen the results that you wanted then this work is for you because you do these things you use these tools and you will see changes in your life okay Sophia let's start with you I think I'm going to take a look into those um tools for sure I have the main problem with me is like I'm pretty aware of what my problems are for the most part, which like for me stems from the fearful avoidant attachment style. And when I look at the things that I need to do, especially like relationships are kind of just like a mirror back on those things. Right. More places in life. But like when the most thing that I have problems with is like telling how I really feel because I don't want to show like this like not so pleasant side of myself so like if there's a problem the most I can do is sorry um, you went out for a second the most you can do is what text someone about my dissatisfaction um but it's also hard for me to show my satisfaction with people because I don't want to be like I was always raised to believe like you can't show any emotion. You can't be like overly sappy or angry. You can't be nothing. Um, it's like I know what I need to do, but like I'm just having a really hard time executing those right. things. OK, so for positive strokes. Okay. You know, like giving somebody a compliment, you really don't need to make an appointment. And, you know, it's one of those things that you're just going to have to start practicing and start small, you know, give someone, mm -hmm. give a stranger a compliment on their blouse, you know, say that's a cute dog. Um, you know, congratulations on your baby, you know, oh. whatever it is. Um, so, you know, Start with that and then, you know, it'll, it'll just become some of these things, you know, we create grooves in our brain from repeated behaviors, right? Everybody, people are patterns. Um, and yeah. it feels like a lot of times that these things are hardwired, but like I said at the beginning, they're not. So it, it's just a matter of bringing consciousness to it and practicing it. So, you know, I'm going to give you a little homework Give somebody a compliment every day. At least one compliment give every day. And let me know how that's going. I'll try it. Okay. You know, it can, yeah. like I said, it can be something really small, like nice car. Wow. Because, yeah. you know, that'll start to get the energy moving a little bit for you. Um. Once you start, and especially if you're expressing positive feelings, you don't need to make an appointment for those. Now, expressing negative feelings does tend to be trickier, right? Because people don't like to hear those things. Um, but sometimes negative feelings do need to be expressed. And have I described the stroke and stand, the making the appointment to you before? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I read your book. Oh, great. Okay. So the first one? It was the 
uh, is the <laughs> I'm blanking because I'm under the gun, but it's like live by Chloe how to Mullen. live, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's the first one. Okay, so you know the stroke and stand. I'm gonna give a brief just rundown of it, but basically, you when you want to bitch, moan, teach, preach, complain, question, or criticize, you have to make an appointment. Nobody likes to be pummeled into which with a bunch of criticisms, right? That's mm-hmm. always an unpleasant experience. So you want to be making an appointment. So you say, hey, there's something I want to talk to you about. Um, give them the general topic. It's about Christmas, whatever. Um, you know, hopefully now, if not now, when it could be a sticky situation, it could be th- these tools are for awkward conversations, um, things that might be conflicts, things that you think, you know, could could be touchy. Um, hopefully today. Because you don't want to wait forever, right? You, you don't want to have to sleep on it and all that stuff. And, you know, I've said before, sometimes these things break down right there. So sometimes people will find that their partner doesn't want to ever have that conversation. And that, oh. but that's important, important for you to know, right? Like you got to know if your partner's ever going to be willing. Um, so you ask them, you make that appointment. If you're coming from the feminine energy, you start with a stroke. It's called the stroke and stand. So you give them a compliment, you know, or to hopefully, you know, pertinent to the topic that you guys are on. And hopefully, um, you know, something about his masculinity, his thoughts, his deeds, something like that. You know, um, I love how you take care of me on Christmas. It really makes me feel good, whatever it is. Um, and then that, you know, sort of disarms the person and lets them know that you're in friendly territory because people get triggered so easily because most people have had childhood trauma and don't have access to really good mental health that can help them. Um, okay. So that's the first step. Then you say, however, I feel uncomfortable going to your mom's house or whatever the problem is. You lead with your feelings because you're in the feminine energy. Um, what do you think about not going this year, right? Then you ask the other person their thoughts. You don't forget that part. That part's very important. A lot of people get a very consumed, understandably expressing themselves because they're not used to it, like you said, Sophia. Um, mm-hmm. And then they forget to ask, what do you think? So they leave the other person out of the conversation. So you have to remember to ask, what do you think? And then you hear what they have to say. Go back and forth once or twice. That's it. It's not meant to set up an argument. They have every right to think or do what they want to do. You may want, if it's not what you want, you may want to let them know what the price tag is of them doing that. Okay, I understand you want to go to Christmas at your mom's, but I'm not comfortable doing that. So I'm going to stay home. You know, that would be an example. So that's the stroke and stand. Are you seeing that? Um, Well, right now, no, because I broke up with that dude I was talking about. But I did. I used that. I I tried to use that one time. Um, I said, (laughs) I'm going to make it PG. (laughs) But I said, you're the best friends with benefits ever. (laughs) <laughs> and then I said, however, <laughs> like, I'm not happy with just once a week or like I need at least once a week. Right. Um, Wait, let me pull okay. up that text. I should delete this guy's text so I can move on. 
No, I think that sounds good. I mean, that's definitely, you know, right along the lines. But I think just using, even if you use kind of an abbreviated version of that, um, using that rubric when you have to tell people feelings that you know will make them uncomfortable helps. Mm -hmm. Now, there's still, you still may experience like stress. A lot of times that's the nature of the catharsis, right? Because the brain doesn't rewire itself on pleasure, it rewires itself on pain. So sometimes when we're approaching some of these issues that we know are going to be difficult, like disrupting our people pleasing pattern by telling someone we're not happy with something or, um, you know, we're angry about something that we can start to get that nervous feeling. You start to shake or, you know, everybody has different Maybe you'll get yeah. back pain. Maybe you get hives. I, sometimes I start to sweat. I'm a sweater. Um, <laughs> that's one of my symptoms. Um, but, you know, try not to let that distract you and just move through that moment and stick to your guns with what you were going to do. Yeah. Um, I can read that text if you if you really want to hear it. No, I mean, you gave me the gist of it. I think it's good. I think you're uh, on the right path. Mm. You know, sometimes there's just that moment that you need to push through. Oh, did we lose her? Oh, well, okay. Hopefully she'll come back. Okay. iPhone two. How can I help you? Hi. Um, I was wondering if uh, you guys are located in San Francisco, California. Um, I think everybody's in a different spot. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. actually in California, but I don't know where everybody else is. Do you have a question for me? Is there something I can help you with? Uh, yeah. Uh, is there like, cause you know, I'm like, um, like trying to find like person in like close to my area. Cause I live in San Francisco um, I'm trying to like find like um uh like someone to be like in a relationship, but in San Francisco, it doesn't matter if it's like in like California, but you know, okay. anyone. So, so you're single. Yeah. And you are looking to be in a relationship. Yes, I can. Uh, you know, is there like a video? Is there? No, it's I. It's not that this isn't like a singles meetup in that sense. I oh, give okay. you tools to go meet somebody. Okay, yeah. And then you can do that and let me know how it goes. But it's okay, yeah. like, it's not really set up to like, oh, you you'll be dating somebody in this room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, do you want me to help you with that? Yes. Okay. So what are you doing right now to meet somebody? Are you doing anything? Mm, well, I'm 23 right now. So someone like around like close to my age, like 25 or 26, because I'm really picky. Okay. Um, do you know if you're in, which do you want more? Do you want your feelings cherished? Or your thoughts respected. Everybody wants both, but which is more important to you? Mm, my thoughts and feeling respected. Okay, so it's either one: thoughts respected or feelings cherished. Um, thoughts respected. 
Okay. So that's the yang energy. That's fine. That's the masculine energy. Often it does women want to be in the feminine energy, which is feelings cherished, but not always. It's like 75, 25. So you want your thoughts respected. So you're going to be looking for somebody whose feelings you can cherish. And if you're in the yang position, you're going to be the one initiating the date and asking the other person out. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So one of the things that um, I recommend is doing the five flirts. Okay. Okay. That's, you're going to be flirting five days a week, four of them just while you're in the course of your day. And one of them is going to be a seated flirt where you're going to plant yourself somewhere for 45 minutes to an hour. And for that one, you got to pick like a place where you think you'll meet someone, where you like the people that go there, where, you know, some people go to the golf course, some people go to the dog park, some people go to where the firemen work out. You know, it just depends what, you know, where you think will be the best spot. When you see somebody that catches your eye that you think you, you know, might be interested in them, give them five seconds of eye contact and a smile. Okay. Okay. At the same time, if they respond with eye contact and a smile for a significant amount of seconds, not just like look and look away, but they, you know, really connect with the eye contact and they smile, that's your signal that they're interested and that you could approach okay so obviously it's going to be easier on the seated one right but you can Mm -hmm. still do things on the walking ones or the moving ones so try that out and let me know how it goes you're going to be once you get that signal then you can you know make your approach and if you're going to be cherishing somebody's feelings you know you're going to be saying something like you know kind of soft and fuzzy to them you know like Oh, beautiful sweater, or you know, you're gonna make do say something that makes them feel good. Um, but you know, you don't have to overthink it. You can just say something about the environment, or um, but in general, you're going to be leading with your thoughts and inquiring about the other person's feelings. Oh, and I'm uh sorry. Um, I have another meeting to go to at six thirty here on Zoom. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, try that out and let me know how it goes, okay? Come back and update us. Okay, thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you, bye. Bye. Okay. Um. Okay, does anybody have another question? You can ask me about relationships, dating. I help people also with issues of communication, with family issues, with work issues. Um. This is my one free event, so exploit it and ask your question. Um, I see in the chat somebody wrote stroke and stand. Okay. Did that get answered? Who was that from? Amy. I think it did. Okay. Um, sometimes people are shy about asking questions in a room of strangers, but uh, sometimes it's easier that way, too. So I do recommend uh, that you guys let me know what's happening. Or you can give me an update. You can ask about something that's already happened. Okay. Yes, Sophia. 
Oh, I have a story. Um, I guess it's an update. Okay. On um, your techniques on meeting people. I have a hiking group that I've been a part of just uh, for fun. And then there was a person that came along and he just like came out of nowhere. I was like, well, I didn't even see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like he just started talking to me and I was like, oh, it makes it easy. Um, And then I realized that he was a doctor and I was like, nope, nope. So I just fell behind. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, never, I don't trust doctors, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was okay. Like, I'm good at conversations with people if I know that there's no stakes. Like, I think that's another fearful avoided thing is like, I know I'm yes. not going to get because I know I already am prejudiced against him. And right. you know, he knew not to take my number because <laughs> I wasn't right. very he fell back. Right. <laughs> so that, but that brings up a good point, which is that, you know, a lot of times we are nervous around people that we like and then people that we don't like as much, right? We're less nervous. And so that's why practicing these tools, there's a, there's a tool that I teach called duty dating. And basically it means that you go out with somebody three times, even if you don't think you like them, just to practice the tools and give yourself and the other person a chance because you do tend to be nervous on first dates. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to sometimes put your best foot forward. Oh, so like, um, <laughs> this sounds funny. Like if I went out with him, hypothetically, if this was yeah. another person I wasn't interested in, I would go out just to practice the communications and like the exactly um... exactly and you might be surprised you know I mean I understand you don't want to have a doctor that's that's your prerogative a lot of women are looking for doctors so I don't feel sorry for him but you know you might also be surprised because typically we're not that great as as humans at predicting who's going to make us happy, what's going to make us happy. You know, a lot of times I'll have a client looking for X, Y, and Z. They meet a guy with a whole lot of A and they're happy, you know? So that can be very unpredictable. That's kind of why I don't love the dating apps because you have to check all those boxes. And a lot of times we're, we're not that good at um, knowing who's going to float our boat, right? Everybody's a unique, authentic individual when they're being themselves. And so that's why I also like the duty dating because it gives you, it makes you practice being open-minded. A lot of times we have people in front of us. We have, um, you know, solutions in front of us, but we can't see them because we're so fixed on, you know, our goal, right? Aren't we have a tunnel vision towards a certain goal. And I, I like to tell the story of a guy who um, I was working with who, who was approached by, um, he started a volleyball, he started, he joined a volleyball team and there was another guy on the volleyball team. And he said, Hey, I, don't you go to, you know, X, Y, and Z gym. I, I think I've seen you before. He said, yeah, I go there every day. And they're at like six in the morning every day. And he goes, yeah, same with me. And my client said, I have literally never seen this guy. And of course, once he said that, then he started seeing him. But the guy had been there the whole time. So, oh wow, he was just hidden like a fly on the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny how you can't see things or hear certain things if you're not open, right? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he was opened up to this guy and then started seeing him. So, okay, couple more questions here, Cindy. 
Hi, Cindy. Hi, Chloe. Welcome back. Thanks. How can I help you? Um, yeah, so I guess um, I resonated with what Sophia said earlier about the fearful avoidant attachment. Um, yes. I have that too. Um, okay. And so I, I, I also like, I don't seem to have any issues having like good conversations, like going on the dating apps, trying to put myself out there. Um, but I guess like I tried the whole, like <laughs> going into Whole Foods or whatever, Kroger or whatever, and like looking around and I, I can't even make eye contact. Um, I think my fear of intimacy is so strong yeah it's like I can be friends with anybody but the second someone shows like romantic or sexual interest in me I like this this one time a few months ago um someone came out to me at the grocery store and he was really polite um but I like I, I was really polite too but I like ran out of there <laughs> um did you I think you might be interested in him um, I, honestly, I, my brain didn't even, my brain just shut down. Okay, you just <laughs> um, panicked. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was very nice and honestly, mad respect to people who have the guts to ask people, because um, I wouldn't, but um, yeah, yeah, I think I just have this issue with feeling safe in my own body. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I mentioned before, like, I grew up um, so like my dad was also a rager. So okay. um, I'm like working through it in EMDR therapy. Oh um, yeah. I was about to say, are you doing EMDR or tapping? Because it's, I think that would be really good for you. Okay. Yeah. Is it helping? I, How long have you been doing um, it? I, I only started like last week. Um, okay. It does. You I, do get results quickly though. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if you had like done it before. I like, have done it. it. I have done it and um, I have had other clients do it as well. It's really compatible with this work. Um, okay. And, yeah. you know, so for, for some people, they see results like within a matter of weeks or some people it takes a little bit longer, but um, I literally have, it, it, it usually I, I've had, I've had a very good track record with it. And my clients have had a very good track record with it. So I'm happy to hear that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, and JJ, it's uh, EMDR therapy. So kind of. It's it's short for eye movement. Um, desensitiz right? Mm -hmm. Rapid something desensitizing. Something like that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But if you want. Um, yeah, it's very good. It's very useful for trauma. How are you with having eye contact with just like, you know, someone you do feel safe with? Are, are there people you feel safe with in your life? Um. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can have normal eye contact. It's just okay. as long as it's not romantic or sexual. <laughs> um, okay. If it's just like friends or whatever, or just acquaintances, anybody, like I can talk forever. Um. What so, about like a cashier or just? Oh, a yeah. Yeah, okay. I can talk with anybody. Honestly, like I, I love talking to people. <laughs> um, it's it's just like the physical intimacy part just makes my body shut down. Um, okay. So, so you had a traumatic experience. Not I'm really, to be honest. It, it was just living in an environment that there was constantly threat of potential violence. 
Yes, that's a traumatic experience. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I I mean, you know, I get that and kudos to you for um, you know, doing working on it and trying to do something about it and being aware of it. I mean, you know, those are the first steps. So I'm going to be curious to hear how it's going um after you've been doing this for like even another week. Um but in terms of, you know, doing the flirting, see if you can desensitize to a shorter period of eye contact. Mm -hmm. so maybe try like a three second, you know, or a two second and then look away. And smile. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. Um Okay. Uh, and you know, ha have you learned the tapping technique? Yeah. Uh, you know, you can do it in conjunction. You can literally be tapping and doing it at the same time. I mean, I don't know if I would recommend this, but I did have a client who was doing it while driving. Oh. Because <laughs> she was getting okay. triggered a lot driving. I can't remember why. But um, so, you know, you can kind of be practicing the technique, but still maybe, you Got know, it. also yeah. going for a little bit iconic. See if you can desensitize to a shorter period of eye contact and also using your, your techniques. And then you might see a little progress that way. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering about like how to, how to gradually integrate like practicing, but also not like completely right. freaking myself out. Right. So that know, makes and sense. part of it is talking to yourself and reassuring yourself. And are you cultivating like habits that make you feel good every day? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, okay. I, you know, I, <laughs> um, I, I do like, I pretty much besides, you know, working uh, my job, I pretty mm -hmm. much try to take it easy and do what I like to do every day. So, okay, good. Yeah. Okay, so make sure you're doing at least one hour of yin activity every day. That's just for you, just for the pure pleasure. If it's, staring out a window, if it's getting a massage, if it's taking a bath, whatever it is, um, that will start to literally make you feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. And women need, we need to feel good to do good. So once you start feeling better, that's going to build your confidence and help you act with more ease, you know, but it's a gradual process. All change that's real is slow, but give yourself credit for trying these things. Um, mm -hmm you know, building yeah. on them. And then, you know, one of the great things about this work is, you know, of course we can't erase vulnerability altogether, but when you know these tools, you do get very good at seeing signs early on so that you don't extend a painful situation too long. So you get, you're, you get, sometimes people, I've had, <laughs> I had a client who once accused me of, well, ask me if I was a witch because you get very good at predicting what is going to happen on certain mm -hmm. things. Um, and so that is one advantage. You know, like I said, you can't, you don't always know who's going to help you, who's going to hurt you, who's going to love you, who's going to treat you right. But certain signs when you, when you begin to see the work and the dynamics, like, for you, especially if I saw a guy, if I started a relationship with someone and he or she or they weren't cherishing my feelings, um, if they weren't 
aligning their thoughts and their their words and their deeds. So if they weren't showing up the way they said they would show up. So these things are very important. And if I saw those things, you know, I would get out very quickly. I recently had an experience. Um, it wasn't in a romantic situation. It was in a business situation where I just was seeing things not lining up, words and deeds. And even though mm -hmm. everything was rosy and da, 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 we love you and da, 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 da. I knew it wasn't going to work out and it might've sounded really sudden for them. Cause I just kind of was like, no, we're not on the same page, but, um, I already knew, even if they didn't know, I already knew it wasn't going to work out, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, I commend you and I want to give you that to look forward to because you will build confidence, um, by practicing these things and it will get easier and you will feel more free. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that does. Yeah, okay. thank you. You are so welcome. I look forward to your update. Okay, Anna. Hi, Chloe. Hi, how are you? How can I help you? I just wanted to give you a little update. Okay. Um, my honey and I had a very good weekend. He suggested I go us going taking a trip to um Palm Springs. So I looked up somewhere we could stay and I found this nice place. And in the description it said a place that it was clothing optional. And you know, it was like, oh, I'm sure he would like this, right? It would be right. something very right. special for him. So I told him about it and he booked it and, and we drove over there and we stayed there and it was a really nice place. And I felt comfortable because, you know, it was, it wasn't, it was a nice place. There weren't that many people there. It, you know, it was, right. it, wasn't it was pretty good. Exactly. It was nice. And, you know, of course, you know, we did get, it was clothing optional. Nice. Like, and, <laughs> which was okay. You know, I felt comfortable, you know, not like really comfortable, but I felt okay. Right. You know, right. I felt comfortable enough that he even took some pictures of me, you know, like modeling for him. And it was, it was nice. Beautiful. You know, and, and we had a really wonderful time, you know, so we get back home and then it, uh, we went to sleep and everything. And then in the morning I wake up and he's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, what are you doing? And, 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 and I told him, you're on Instagram. And he said, yeah. What are you looking at? I told him, are you looking at boobies? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, why are you doing that? Didn't you, didn't, didn't we just have a wonderful weekend? You know, you, we went to a place where clothing was optional and we come home and you still have to look at that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what, what, what's going on? And he said, well, you don't understand. It's not that I'm looking at it because it's uh, arousing me or because it's doing something to me. And I said, well, why are you looking at it? He said, because I just wanted to look at something beautiful. Right. It's relaxing. Or some, or some beauty. And I said, right. well, <laughs> well, that triggered me because I was like, well, you know, you called me beautiful. Well, to me, it's like, I felt beautiful this weekend with okay, him. Okay, but didn't you guys, didn't you guys agree that it was going to be okay for him to look at pictures on Instagram? Yeah, but he was as long right as he to wasn't him. making comments and he wasn't like interacting with the girls, right? Yeah, yeah, and he was right next to me. I was in the bed right there. Okay, so you didn't want to necessarily see it. Yeah, yeah, and then you know he he says, "Well, I, no, the thing is that it was very beautiful. It was very this. I felt very beautiful." And he says that he just wanted to look at something beautiful. And right. I'm like, well, 
<laughs> Apparently, I'm sorry, I'm not that beautiful that you had to look at something else. But you this know, is well, my we had question, a wonderful but this weekend. is my question. This is my question. Why are you taking it so personally? What is the reason why this was such because, a, because, because you know he likes, most men like to look at pictures of naked women. Yes, but if he already saw me all naked and in the pictures and he saw other women there. They like to look at pictures of naked women all the time. All the time. It's like even the, the next, even as soon as we get back. Yeah. Oh like my daily, God. daily. Well, and then, you know, after that, he, he, he says, you know what? Let me tell you something. He says, this, what I am, the person that I am, I am what I'm offering to you. This is the best that I can offer you. Right. Of myself. Okay. Do you, you really take it or want leave to it. end? Do you really want to end the relationship because he looks at pictures of boobs on Instagram? Well, you know, I maybe you well, do. Seems, maybe you do, but that's not what you've said in the past. Yeah, that's not what I said in the past. But you know, it, it doesn't give me hope that he's gonna either is, is it going to progress or is it going to get better or not if this is the best thing that he can offer me he can he looking at it more and more and more then it's like then well is that we what don't I want? know that he's looking at it more and more it seems to yes, be he, pretty steady looking at right there yes. has been like a drop off it's been pretty steady this whole time now when we've talked about it in the past you expressed that you were kind of conflating his looking at pictures of naked women with him cheating on you. Yes. And he has, has he been faithful to you? Yes. Yeah. But I still see it as he's cheating on me. <laughs> because he's looking at pictures. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, you can absolutely break up with him for looking at pictures of naked women. That's some, that's totally your prerogative. But I do want to share with you that in my experience, that looking at pictures of naked women, first of all, doesn't always lead to cheating, right? There's a difference between looking and communicating, DMing, making comments, that sort of setting up meetings. That's a big difference. Second of all, I've worked with thousands of men. I cannot think of a single one who didn't enjoy looking at naked pictures of women, of heterosexual men, of the heterosexual men that I've worked with. So I just want to reflect to you my experience. If you're looking for somebody who doesn't look at pictures of naked women or men or whatever, I think that's going to be very hard to find. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's, um, you have to accept it. I'm just reflecting to you what I notice is that most men like to look at pictures of naked women. And it doesn't, in my experience, it mostly doesn't lead to cheating. Now, I understand you don't like it. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to be a party to it. And maybe your person could do a better job of hiding it. But on a certain level, he's going to want to be himself and not have to hide things from you, especially after having a weekend and being close together. And you've been so cool about 
you've been super open-minded. You went to this nude, nude place, this clothing optional place. And I want to give you a lot of credit for that. I think that that was a difficult situation. I think that was hard for you to do, but you did it. And I, I want to give you strokes for that. Um, I think it might've given you a little bit of a vulnerability hangover, meaning you felt a little raw from the experience so that when you then woke up the next morning and your partner was looking at naked pictures of women, it triggered you again and you went back into that space. But he hasn't cheated on you. He has shown you in a number of ways how much he loves you. So I'm just saying, I don't know if looking at naked pictures of women is enough to break up with him for you, from what I've heard from you. For some people, it is. For some people, it isn't. You know, it it really does depend. So just, you know, think about it a little bit before you make your final decision. Does that make sense? Like let, you know, let cooler heads prevail in the sense of when things happen and we're triggered, it's really hard to um, be calm and think things through logically, right? Um, and I do understand. And you have every right to feel about it the way that you do. Um, you know, I've shared with you and I'll share it again. You know, there are times, look, you and I were probably about the same age. We're with older generation men. This newer generation's a little different, but this older generation of men, you know, they're used to doing things a certain way. And I'm not saying that it has to continue that way. I'm not saying they should be non-cherishing. I'm just saying there is an epi script involved, meaning the social scripting, right? And so they're kind of having to change with the times. Um, in my conversations with you and your partner, you have been able to negotiate an agreement. And since your partner didn't go off that agreement, I just want to call that to your attention so that you see that, well, he didn't go, he didn't break his word. I understand you're upset and you're hurt and you have every right to be that way. Um, but he didn't break his word. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, it's up to you. It's up to what you want to do. So, um, I, I understand that that's a triggering event. Um, but I also want you to apply a little bit of logic to the trigger. Cause when we're in our trigger, it's really hard to think right? That's kind of the definition of a trigger is like you, your thinking shuts down and you're just in a reactive state. Does that yeah. make sense? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. 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 Thank you. Ruminate on it a little and let me know if you need more support and how it's going. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Where's Lee? I thought you, Lee, you had something. Hi there. Yes, I did. Okay, let's try to squeeze you in. Well, bless you. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm kind of sad. Uh, it's been a week, over a week since we split up. Right. Um, I have a question, but uh, basically 
I hope I didn't do the wrong thing, but I've been, I started to really miss this person. That okay. I've been, I just sent her a text message. I sent her a really nice Valentine's text just to let her know I was thinking about her. And Good. That's normal. That's I, like holidays. That's a ritual stroke. That's fine. Cause we had, we had made plans. I had booked reservations for dinner and of course canceled because, you know, we were going for a week and a half to two weeks. Uh, only once every couple of weeks, I get to see her in real life. You know, right, right. And so I, delicious. That's, we, that's the reason we parted. But um, today, I, re, I I I reached out and just said, "How you doing?" Because I didn't hear back from her on the Valentine's message mm -hmm. at all. And she sent some messages that were basically, I think they were abusive. Okay. Um, like, don't you see how you fuck this up? And uh, why are you texting me? I don't know what you think you're going to accomplish by texting me. And just really just the kind of messages that just say, go away. So um, my question is, how does someone know? Because this may be where I screwed up. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. But. I'll just be honest. I thought I was in love with her. Mm -hmm. Thought I loved, I I did love her. Um, and I'm just wondering how does someone know uh it's the time is right to use those words to I love you to someone without freaking the other person out? Because it seems like that's a big deal to sincerely tell someone you love them. Of course. And I'm just wondering, what are the signs it's okay to express that to your partner? Because apparently she didn't feel the same way I felt. And I wish she'd said that sooner. But, you know. Well, okay. Let's walk that back a little bit. Yeah. You didn't do anything wrong. You sent out a nice text. This girl's been all over the map. That's why you broke things off. Because yeah. she's hot and she's cold and she can't show up on time and she can't keep her making keep commitments with you. Right. right exactly. So right. this is just more of the same from her. You can't take what she's saying seriously or you no. can't take it at face value because she's mentally ill. Yeah. And she got upset about that, accusing me of not wanting to see her because of the mental illness, which is. I really try, you know, I mean, right. it's just, so it's well, just, there's only so much you can take. I don't, that's right. I don't want, try not to reach out to her now for eight weeks. Well, at I, least, I, and let's you and I then talk at the end of that eight weeks. Why? What happened? Something else happened? Well, I blocked her number. I can unblock it, but no, 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 it's fine. Keep it blocked. Keep it blocked. That's fine. You know, you, you got to look. If there weren't some nice things about her, then you wouldn't have been with her in the first place. So unfortunately, this is a little bit the cost of doing business. Yeah, yeah. But I hope, hopefully just in talking to me and literally in having that experience, because you're having a little afterburn, right? You're having a little like. Oh. I'm looking for closure, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm looking for closure. And I think I got it today when she replied with those messages. Exactly. Just... That's what I was going to say. I think that what she what she replied with really confirmed um, your intuition about it. But it did spawn the question, when is the right time to use those words? You know, there's no, like, there's no answer to that. You know, you got to say it when you mean it, when you want to say it. it. You really yeah. Do. 
you I know, mean, that's in the moment. Very, that's the magic of the moment. A very vulnerable position to use those words and express that to someone sincerely, you know. It is. Uh, but I just wondered, like, when is too, how soon is too soon? Is there a. I mean, sometimes it slips of... out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And love, schmuv. I mean, of course, I'm a huge fan of love. Um, and I, my whole professional life is devoted to promoting love. But, you know, love is defined by the commitments you're willing to make and keep. So true love is really only tested over time. Yeah, and she she also said something about I was she accused me of that our my love for her was conditional and all of this and I don't know what that means. She's just going Look, she's crazy. Yeah. You know? so, crazy uh, girls have a big appeal, but this one might be a little too crazy. It was just so draining and I could feel it happening all over again. I said, "Oh no, it's just Right. The, and you're like, "Oh right, you remembered. This is why we're not talking." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly it. That's okay. You didn't mess up. It's hard. You know, it feels like a missed opportunity because a lot of things in it did line up and there were, she had a lot of good qualities, but it's fine. It, you know, you're yeah. moving on. I'm moving on. Thank you, Chloe. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing. And I sure. hope that that helps you to move on. As long as saying those words, I love you to someone in the future, I just don't want to freak them out. Because it's because well, I'll I'll be honest with you, I am terribly guilty of move of falling too hard and too fast when I really like someone, and and we were we had gone out. It had been pretty close to two months when I said that, and that I accepted her for her situation, but she just it just like I said it just it I was just, too much for you. Well, it was too inconsistent. That's true. I just. I guess I just don't want to jump the gun on the words. I love you again. It's like, I don't want to scare. Okay. Someone. Well then that's for you. Then that's something you want to do. So hold that back. I don't think you're necessarily scaring her. I think you scared yourself. And when you, you know, that's why when I talk about, you know, the periods of relationships, the first three months is the perfect period because that's when you have that blush of first love. Right. And you have rose colored glasses on. Everything she does is perfect. The fact that she showed up an hour late, that was fine. That was perfect, you know, until it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and so that's why there are hormones at work. You do tend Falling in love is an enjoyable experience, partly because you do tend to get carried away. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no real hedging your bets against not getting disappointed. I, I understand yeah. for you, you don't want to scare yourself by saying it too quickly. So maybe you put some guidelines around that. Maybe you wait the first three months, knowing the power of those three months. Yes. That's maybe you wait until yeah. after that. That's really beautiful. I, 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 and I, and I want to also just thank everybody in the room tonight. It is so helpful to hear what other people are going through. It's, it's wonderful review because I'm back to basics. again. <laughs> I'm back to square one with, you know, the five flirts. And I have yeah. to remember that whole, I'm starting over with that again. So thank you all, everyone for sharing, because it helps me confirm, you know, the starting resetting, pressing the reset button exactly thank you anyway thank you you are welcome and thank you for sharing okay Sophia do you have a quick thing what's up oh yeah I mean it's kind of a 
it's a whole topic, but um, oh, okay. Do you want to do it next <laughs> week? Sure. Okay. Okay. Let's do it next week then. I didn't know if you want to just chime in on one of those topics, but um, we will stay in suspense. <laughs> um, and if you think you might forget, you can um email it to me or message it to me or you know then I'll bring it up again next week when we when we reconvene. Um, do you have a quick question, Amy? Yes, I just wanted to know, uh, I, I, I don't know if you saw in the chat, but I uh, emphasized with Anna because I did have that happen to me as well. And I didn't understand that if you had the guy right, you know, she's, I'm right next to him and he's looking at naked pictures. What, what's, what is it better to have the person you're supposedly in love with or right you know, i don't right. understand that so that 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 that's hard for me to grapple with right um okay you're welcome jj um yeah i mean you know that's something that you have to negotiate with your partner and if the issue is that they're you know looking at stuff right next to you and that you're taking that as an insult or if that's personal or it's not personal. I just want to reflect to you. It's probably not personal that that's something different that they're doing for men. A lot of the times, like, do you ever go online and look at pictures of cats? For me, I like to look pictures of babies sometimes, or sometimes I like to look at pictures of chocolate or food things. And there's certain things that are comforting to men. I'm not excusing it at all. If you feel upset about it and you don't want to put up with it, don't. Please don't. I'm just reflecting to you what my experience is, is that men look at it differently than the way that you and Anna are looking at it. Okay, but it's acceptable then? It's not. Look, we should on other people. What? It's it's acceptable into the into the regard that they're not mentally ill and they have to do that in order to comfort themselves as opposed to the live person next to them well we don't judge people we don't should on people if in the situation that was described it was more that she like rolled over and found him doing that rather mm -hmm. than she was like trying to entice him into bed and he was like no 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 i'm looking at pictures on instagram right now gotcha okay. you know what i'm saying it's so I understand if it, it where it would be in a front in kind of the situation that you're illustrating, which is like, hey, let's get cozy. No, I want to look at this these pictures on Instagram. Yeah, that would be obviously insulting. And I could see where that would be hurtful. But in general, you know, like I said, most men look at pictures of naked. Okay. Thank you, Chloe. You are welcome. Thank you for sharing. And I'm glad I could clarify that. I hope I did. Okay. So you guys, I put in the chat, my credentials. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me through my website. Um, if you have a quick question, we can, you know, bring it up next week or we, um, I can answer it or, or we can set up a private depending on what it is. So, um, this recording of this session will be available on wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. And these are all my links here. I put up stuff on Instagram every day and TikTok. Um, and uh, if I don't hear from you, I will hope to connect with you soon. Have a good night.